baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me now? Hopefully. You sound the same. I think you were already connected. Can you hear that? Uh, not really. Don't worry about it. We know our names. Hey there, it's Chris. Welcome to another Something Offbeat Minnesota. Hi, I'm Lauren. Um, it's still the holiday season, and we wanted to kick off today with a holiday-themed email that we got. I was pleasantly surprised the other morning to check my email and find this in it from Sean Horn. He wrote, I just recently listened to your mini-sode covering the turkey trot and more. The discussion at the end about blow-up Christmas decorations instantly reminded me of my neighbor whose house is nothing but blow-up decor for every holiday. On Halloween, they even had a blow-up projector screen and watched movies while they passed out candy from the driveway. He even sent us a photo. So Lauren, how do you feel about blow-up decor for literally every holiday? I think it's a little much, but you know, I appreciate them for giving us content for this podcast. So it's a mixed bag. I also, I was thinking about that episode that we did the other day because I was walking in my neighborhood and my neighbors have a blow up thing of Buddy the Elf, like Will Ferrell from the movie Elf. And it freaked me out. I thought it was like a real person crouching. And then I realized it was an inflatable. Was it like human sized? Yes, it was human sized. I feel like an inflatable needs to be bigger than a human so it doesn't have that effect. Yeah, so that was a, that was a unique inflatable, a little scary. I kind of like I appreciate that I had such a visceral reaction to it, but it seems more like a Halloween reaction than a Christmas one. Um so yeah, I'm still a bit on the fence about the whole inflatable situation. I also wanted to defend myself for that last episode. The movie Fargo did happen in Minnesota. I never I knew that. To- I've also never seen it. Oh my gosh, Chris, you have to see it. But you're right. The town Fargo is in North Dakota. So we're all correct. And I I don't know that much about Minnesota, obviously. Well, if you have anything other than inflatables you want to let us know about, we want to hear it. You can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Chris C. Blake and our host, Mike Rogers, is at KRLD Mike Rogers. And I'm at LaurenBerry91 on X. And again, thank you, Sean. We loved hearing from you. Please send us... Any emails you have about your neighbor's holiday decorations, we want to know all the details. So Sean and anybody can email us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey.com. Okay, so today our first story is about a mystery tomato that was lost in space. Um, It's actually this mystery about the tomato has finally been solved. Um, According to my friend Stephanie, who works for Odyssey, astronauts on the International Space Station recently found a red dwarf tomato that went missing eight months ago. She said they're very relieved that they found the the tomato. Um, 
and uh, especially a flight engineer named Frank Rubio, who was actually blamed for the tomato's disappearance in the first place. Um, now, you're probably wondering like why there was a tomato up in space anyway, and they were grown inside the space station's vegetable production system, known as Veggie, as part of a space botany study. Um, they were using this hydroponic soil to see how it worked. And then when the tomatoes were finally harvested in March, each astronaut on the ISS was given a sample. Rubio's share was stored in a plastic sandwich bag, but it floated away and vanished. And then the other astronauts accused him of actually eating it. Um, he joked about the, the missing tomato in a live stream before they found it. So, Chris, have you ever been blamed for, you know, eating the last piece of pizza or stealing tomatoes that were left in the fridge by your family do you relate to frank not particularly i usually won't grab the last piece of something if it's left out at like a party or anything like that my bigger question is how the tomatoes stayed close enough to the space station that they were able to find it you know that's a good question hold on i gotta pull up this article to give you a more in-depth look at that one second I like to think that I'm not the type of person that would grab the last piece of pizza. But, you know, if I'm being honest with myself, I think I have recently done that. Where did you take the last piece and were you kicked out immediately? No. So I was out to eat with, you know, my friends and we had ordered a pizza and we were actually we were like taking it home. And it, we had like, we were kind of like, do you want to take it home? Do you want to take it home? And I just kind of was like, I'll just do it. And then I, I grabbed it and I kind of like messed it up a little bit and like touched too many pieces with my hand. So I had to take all of them. It's a good way to get all the rest of the food for yourself. <laughs> it was an embarrassing way to get all the rest of the food. I wasn't trying to. I was just being awkward. Was it deep dish pizza? It was not deep dish pizza. That's harder to do. With deep dish pizza, because it's like very, you know, I wouldn't like touch deep dish pizza with my hands the way I touched this one because it's like covered with tomatoes, you know. That's fair. I was just really hoping that it was a deep dish story. They, those are good. I mean, I have I, I have a lot of deep dish stories if, if you need. We can get to those at another another podcast episode. But so for this tomato, not a deep dish tomato, but the rogue tomato on the space station, um, it took eight months to find it. And they finally located the tomato. I'm trying to see, did, does this article tell where they find the tomato? I don't think so. It doesn't. They just say they found the tomato. That's fascinating to me. I wonder where it was. In space. In sp But was it like in a hallway? Did it get caught in like a nook and cranny? I always think of like the space station. I imagine it is like the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. And it has like all those, you know, boards of buttons. So was it just like floating in, in some kind of alleyway of boards and buttons? I guess there's still a little bit of mystery about this. This is one of my favorite sentences I've ever read in journalism from the New York Times on this story. Mm -hmm. It says, the major did not describe the tomato's condition or where it had been found. Amazing. Really covering it like a a local crime story. Didn't know the tomato's condition. I wonder if they did end up eating it now after eight months. You shouldn't eat the tomato. That could make you sick. So this next story is near and dear to my heart. 
because I probably fit this mold well, I would say. And that is that recent study compiled and reviewed online posts from all 50 states found that Texas is the cussing capital of the country with Texans using an average of 6.9 curse words per post. That's two tenths of a curse word ahead of Ohio. Mm, Ohio. Interesting. I don't I wouldn't have expected those two to be the most profane states. Is Illinois? Illinois is not either. The top 10 list goes Texas, Ohio, Florida, Tennessee, Missouri, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Idaho. So we've got like deep Midwest and the South. Which aren't those supposed to be some of the more polite areas of the country? They are. This is a little bit illuminating. Or I wonder just like, I wonder if in real life they're not cursing, but on the internet, it's like they get to be anonymous and they kind of are like, it's kind of a cathartic thing. All those keyboard warriors going out and trolling on social media. That's where they're from. They reel it back in when they see you in person. For sure. So do you like, you don't swear very often. In person, yes. Over text, rarely. Same. You know what? I I don't really, the older I get, I do it less. But when I am talking to like my best friend from my childhood best friend and we're really excited, I will swear so much on the phone. I'll be like, you know, um, that's so great or that's so cool. And if my mom will like hear me in the other room and she'll be like, what is going on? Like, why do you keep swearing? And I'm like, I'm happy. So it's like, I usually don't do it when I'm upset. I do it when I'm like really excited about something. I think one of the beauties of curse words is that they fit regardless of your emotion, whether you're happy, sad, angry, it works no matter what. And that, that F one, like that's such a very flexible, versatile word. It can fit like as any part of grammar. Quite a wonder, you know, we can't say it here. I mean, that's Uh, why there are two versions of it in the top three. That's true. Of most used words. Praise for the curse words. Do you have a favorite cuss word? And are, did they like, are they using specific ones? Cause I like, do they name the, the cusses? I, Chris was telling me earlier how he was trying to figure out how to bleep our things on the podcast. So I was hoping we could swear a little bit here. So bonus finder found that the most used swear word in America is which was used 19% of the time across all states. Second were two variations of the same word. Hmm. They both start with F and they were each gotcha. used, and they were each used 14% of the time. So those are the two most three most commonly used curse words i'm not surprised those are those are some staples because those percentages add up to what 47 percent of the time so Uh that's nearly half of all swearing on the internet is either the s word or the f word solid choices texas all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
right. So our next one is about a man who had a full face Joker tattoo and he accused Grand Theft Auto, um, the makers of the game, of stealing his likeness for their video game. He's known as the Florida Joker. I'm so surprised he's from Florida. Uh, and he went viral after his mugshot showed off his face tattoos. And he's accusing Rockstar Games of of stealing his face. The game that he is accusing them of stealing his face for hasn't been released. It's um, Grand Theft Auto 6, and a trailer was released for it recently. It showed a character that did look like this viral Florida man. Um, and people, uh, including this man, obviously think it's a viral nod to him. His name is Lawrence Sullivan. He took to TikTok to, to point it out and it's been, you know, getting even more viral. Um, so this is a, I guess a, a case where it would be good to have a tattoo. We don't know how it's going to turn out, but the tattoo might be getting him a settlement. Maybe he'll get some money out of it. He does look awfully like the Joker. And if, you're wondering what he looks like. You can just Google Florida Joker. But if he wins a settlement, where does that leave the actual Joker in the Batman movies? That's true. I feel like that's going to make it tricky. Like, does the studio have some claim to that likeness as well? And it's like the it's kind of like the Jared Leto Joker, right? It's not Heath Ledger Joker, just to be clear. Or the the Walking Phoenix one. He's got like tattoos around his eyes. Yeah, I think that's going to make it tricky since it's like such a well-known thing already. Um, it's not just him. Like, is this look already in the public domain? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think that'll be a sticking point. Would you ever get a uh, face tattoo? Considering I don't have any other tattoos, I would probably not start on my face. What about you? Um, no, I don't think I would do a face tattoo. It seems like it would hurt. I do have two tattoos and one is on my shoulder and one's on my hip. And like the, the shoulder one hurt pretty badly because there isn't a lot of fat there. Um, hip one wasn't so bad. So if I ever get another tattoo again, I don't, I want it to be in a place, uh, that isn't very bony. So you're not going to go like cheekbone? Yeah. You know, I'm not, not going to do like the Post Malone look. I don't think it'd suit me. Who's to say what comes first, the tattoos or the musical success? That's true. That's true. I could, you know, start my career as a as a very successful rap artist. I just get the right face tattoos. I would argue that he's not exactly rap anymore or has been for several years at this point, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> I guess um, a rap pop crossover star somewhere around there okay our last story this week takes us to oklahoma so apparently i just get all of the stories from my region uh, but a, it involves a holiday billboard that features a picture of santa claus holding an ar-15 and has some people putting an oklahoma gun store on the naughty list the ad on the billboard is for h and h shooting sports in oklahoma city and shows St. Nick carrying an AR-15 style firearm draped across his shoulder. And he's pointing at the viewer with eyes obscured behind black sunglasses. Laura, neither one of us has kids. Mm -mm. However, say you had like a niece or a nephew or you were babysitting and you mm -hmm. drove by that billboard and the child asked you why Santa was pointing a gun at them. I would be upset about that. I'm not 
into guns, you know, like I feel like if you know about guns and you want to have one and you're responsible with them, like fine. They freak me out. And I'm pretty sure if I had my own, I would like accidentally shoot my own foot with it or something. I went to a, a shooting range one time to do a story and I thought I would be cool about it. But I, I when I was walking around there, I got so nervous and sweaty that the my college ruled uh, notebook paper started like bleeding onto my sweaty hands so my hands were all blue and I was like trying to be cool asking reporter questions about this you know shooting range and looked like an absolute idiot anyway so that's how comfortable I am with guns this billboard would freak me out how about you I'm a little more comfortable than that around guns you know, <laughs> I do live in Texas and I've been to a shooting range and shot before but apparently the ad worked according to this article several people commented on h&h's facebook page and said they would be shopping at the store specifically because of the billboard one of those things that crosses over into politics and gets some people vocally against it and some people saying they're gonna spend more money at this vendor yeah well if it worked out for them i guess they know that what the culture is in oklahoma and, uh, you know, good for them. I hope everybody is safe with their Santa guns. <laughs> That's a good phrase. And I kind of makes me, I don't know if there's been, I feel like maybe there's been a movie like this before, but like with a Santa solving crimes or like being a superhero or something like where he would need a gun. I feel like I'd probably have to like come up with some type of action movie plot to explain that to said kids in the car with me. I feel like that's a Christmas movie that you would find on Netflix since Netflix has lost the rights to like every traditional Christmas movie. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't been on there in a while. Oh yeah. They just have mostly stuff that's more similar to like a Hallmark movie than home alone or elf or anything along those lines. So I could see a, an action star Santa coming across on Netflix. Yeah. I would maybe watch that on Christmas. It sounds kind of fun. So if someone writes that up, I, you know, we want to get credit for it. Just for the, all, we said the idea. Just for the story concept. They, yeah. they did all the work, but we'll take the, we'll take the credit. We'll take the credit. And the royalties. <laughs> so that's all the stories we have for you today. Um, we are always looking for, for more stuff, more emails from you, any comments on the things we've talked about or stories that you might want to get to. And of course, you can reach out to us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey.com. Chris, any closing comments? Yeah, keep an eye out for our upcoming episodes. We're talking about guns, check out Jeff Bezos's biceps on the cover of Vogue. That's the subject of our next episode that'll come out on Monday about body image. And then to coincide with the holiday season, we're talking about a virgin shark birth the week of Christmas. I'm super excited about that one. Um, yeah, we talk about internet trolls and Jeff Bezos and then the, the virgin birth of a shark. Can't wait. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 